So basically what happened is last week, Trump's HHS secretary, Alex Azar, uh, announced that they would be releasing all of the remaining vaccine stock that they were initially holding back to make sure that there was enough so that everyone who had dose one could get dose two, which states took as great news. States were very excited. I was personally a little anxious that we were seeing the beginning of like an embracing a policy shift towards something more like what the UK is doing, where they're saying, okay, like, well, maybe just one dose is fine, or it's okay to mix up vaccine brands between dose one and dose two. Um, but that kind of all is a, a moot point, because it turns out that there is no stockpile. Whoops. We, uh, <laughs> we, we assure you that there is more Mulan-themed sweet and sour sauce at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> However, there is no more vaccine supply. Yeah, this is like very much um, is, is this the American way of policy? It's on paper. This is the, the American the, way of everything. It's, it's no, but like it's you know people are like oh it's a failed state it's a failed state. But for me it's not. <laughs> mere, if it were merely that, I actually think that we might be in a better position because at least we could all recognize like here here it is here lies the body of the state. Let's yeah, move on an from this right. Coherent state instead. No, no, I think it's not even just that. It's like the fact that on paper. On paper, the American state has the best, is like ranked number one on the Hopkins Global Health Security Index. Like on paper, <laughs> we are able to uh, do this. On paper, we look like the sort of ideal, typical Viberian European state that has all this capacity to do things. But in fact, in fact, when you like pull back the curtain, it is like a franchise of the restaurant Racks. Which no longer has, there is no more racks, there is no more company racks, there is no more, there are no more recipes. So racks now, the five locations that exist in the Midwest uh, and, and parts of the South are just whatever the franchise owners happen to want to make. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I feel like that's the American state, it's racks. Totally. I mean, that's a pretty good um, That's American federalism for, right there, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that sounds almost exactly like how federal COVID guidelines were implemented across states. I mean, tell me Medicaid <laughs> itself isn't like that, so, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I no, mean... No, Medicaid it, was designed like that. The brands are still there, but there's nothing beneath them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really reminds me of, like, the conversation we were having around when the EUAs were actually coming out, where we were like, listen, this isn't, like playstation 5 like you're not going to be able to go on even just like drop 2k to get it if you have the money to get it right and mm -hmm. i think the idea that there was some stockpile right and there was this whole like the biden administration incoming team is like we've got to release that second dose stockpile and azar was like we're gonna do it and then of course it turns out that they had already done it yeah they had been doing it <laughs> they had already released all the extra doses to make sure that they were just having like pure flow directly as many as possible at a time right, right exactly <laughs> Um, so states already had this windfall stockpile that they were hoping and counting on. Yeah. And it's, I just now can't the even people imagine. with the national strategic stockpile are all the CVS locations across the country that have not administered it through the nursing homes. Right. <laughs> right. No, right. I want to pause, though, to just say how fucking ironic this is, because, first of all, the entire idea of a national strategic stockpile arises uh, for the most part, at least in its contemporary iteration, I'm sure there were other versions of this throughout history, but like the idea of the American of the contemporary American uh, national strategic stockpile is itself 
directly tied to the to the uh, history of the American pharmaceutical industry, like oh. the and to the defense industry. Actually, I mean, it's funny, Phil, you mentioned like health, defense, etc. Yeah, I mean the the what what initiated the strategic stockpile um, in the first place was the same act that created like the CIA and. Um, <laughs> What is I was about to say the home Department of Homeland Security, but that's new as hell. So yeah, um, the uh, the def- the Defense Department. Um, but uh, basically, like the the one of the first things that the National Strategic Stockpile uh, was made to do was to basically control narcotics supply and production ah. to the point that you have this. Um, there's a very um, I was going to say famous, but it's actually kind of it's obscure, but it's like famous in certain circles, like a. Um, uh, story of basically in the 30s oh, when this. the U.S. moved uh, all of its gold from the Treasury to Fort Knox to a more secure location, the Treasury vaults were then filled with uh, with narcotics, with like coca <laughs> and like opiates and stuff like that. <laughs> so these things are so intimately tied together and have been through the entire period that we understand you know, like contemporary uh, American hegemony. So it's actually very indicative for um, like American power in general that like, oh yeah, uh, whoopsie, no strategic stockpile. The the thing that the thing that like that this sort of like sort of reveals to me is that like. Hello, this is Daniel, Beatrice's screen reader program. Support us at patreon.com slash death panel pod to hear the full episode and get access to patron-only content. With love, the death panel.